Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. Well, we are coming to you today live from Vietnam. (laughs) This is one of those times when I really wish we had a camera. (laughs) Derek is actually dressed up, I kid you not guys, in post-Vietnam War, sort of coming off the Forrest Gump, you know, boat from Vietnam. I'm not a smart man. (laughs) (laughs) I know what podcasts are. That was awful, wasn't it? That was was an awful American accent. So welcome, Robin, to uh, The One Thing. Thank you very much. The One Thing's brought to you with thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network, and you've pressed play on episode 22, Recruiting Volunteers. So look, we often talk about priests of all believers in the church, and uh, there's often a large gap though between what we might envisage uh, this meeting and how it actually works out on the ground in the life of the local church. So we are surrounded by losses, there's endless amounts of need. It can feel like though, no matter how much vision we cast, how much we talk about opportunities, how much we fire people up, even if people can see the need, uh, it can be hard to move them to actively serving within the church. So everything can quite easily fall back on the few who are willing, uh, the few who may have time or the few who are paid. Uh, so the question is how you get out of this cycle. How do you not just talk about the priesthood of all believers, but how do you actively help people be engaged in the mission of the church day to day? And that's what this episode of The One Thing is aiming at. In 15 minutes, we want to answer key questions like, how do you go about recruiting volunteers for ministry across the church? How early is a member of the church invited to be involved in ministry? Are there different ways for recruiting for different ministries? And how do you create a culture of serving across the whole church? And to help us solve those questions, we've invited Kathy Hurd, one of Geneva Push's directors of coaching uh, and a staff member at EV Church on the Central Coast to sort all of this out for us, or at least give us <laughs> one thing that we should keep our eye on. Welcome uh, aboard, Kathy. Thank you very much. And you've been talking quite a bit with churches at the moment, people who lead churches uh, about uh, recruiting volunteers. Uh, what is the conversation you often have with leaders who are thinking into this area? Um, So I think some of the felt needs are uh, people are wondering how to not miss people in their congregation, um, getting them into ministry roles. They might ad hoc ask a few people, but they're aware there's a bunch out there that they're missing in some way. And uh, so there's a bit of a question of how do I make sure every person gets the opportunity? I think there's a reality that people in our churches uh, feel awkward about pushing themselves forward and... um, Taking up a role, they, they feel like that's um, a bit too proud. They wait to be asked. So, uh, and another thing that I think happens uh, for people is, yeah, they, they don't think they can do some roles and without the training um, or, or support, maybe they can't. So we've actually got to find out ways of talking to each person, finding out their story, giving them um, maybe a bit of a prod that they could do more than maybe they think they can do. Um, and maybe helping train people to to come into those roles, which means you're going to need a bit of a system or a pathway or a plan or a process to do that individually. Mm. Before we we get down that, there are two different sides of the coin, aren't there? One, you know, there's that pride issue, I actually want to be asked, and the other, I actually don't feel like I can serve. How how have you seen those play out in in your work at EV Church? Yeah, so I think... um, More commonly, what I found is most people feel um, awkward about putting themselves forward. So so it's almost a a humility. Um, And so people 
love being asked. They feel you've noticed them. They feel flattered to be asked. That's a nice thing. And so I think we do have to make attempts to do that and find some way to make sure we can do that for each person. Um, but there is the other side where some people will sit back and there's a reluctance to make my life more difficult than it already is by being involved in ministry. And so uh, in that side of things, we need to keep helping people with their convictions, their convictions to love Jesus and want to serve him, their convictions to be part of the body, using their gift for building up the church. So we've got to do work on that side as well. So, so it is around that area of giftedness. And, and it's, it's often that sort of Christian humility thing of actually not wanting to talk about the fact that you're gifted at something and actually good at something? Yeah. So I think you, you need some kind of system where you know at, at some point you'll be able to talk to each person in your church. So you've got to work out what's that system. Um, in our case, we wait till someone's in a, a group and once they're in a group, we actually have some way of no, being notified about that and we, we give them a call and arrange to sit down and have a conversation about ministry and church and whether they'd like to be part of it. And in that conversation, we've got the opportunity to hear their story of how they became Christian, but also to talk a little bit about uh, what it means to be part of church uh, in general, part of the body, and, and be able to sort of do soft touch on, on their convictions about serving. Mm. Find out at the same time about their skills and talents. Um, mm. So, yeah, personal conversation and, and that kind of interview has been really helpful for us. So how does how's vision play into that? The big vision of the church, but how does that filter into those conversations? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, uh, one of the things we, we've learned to do is not just talk to the person about what they're going to do. So if, if you're inviting them into, say, the membership role of, of meeting new people, you can uh, drill into, we want you to turn up and hand out this bulletin and have this kind of conversation. So do a lot of the work on the what. That's probably not the best place to start. It's probably good to be, well, not just probably good. It is good to be talking about the why we're doing this. And so what we're trying to do with people is show them the bigger story behind why that's that's valuable. And that, that brings them into the vision of the church. Why we want to greet people is that they'll be um, more encouraged to stay. By staying, they'll hear the gospel more times. They'll, they'll perhaps become Christian if they weren't already. So you want to give people the why so that I guess they get, um, again, a motivation, a passion for doing this role. It's not just a job, but it's part of the bigger picture of what God is doing in this church and in his universe that mm. I can be part of. And you've just shown me how I can be part of that. So we want that peppering our, our interviews and conversations. That, that's really helpful to understand the why. Uh, you've kind of already talked a little bit about the, the systems and the structures. How, how do you actually go about recruiting volunteers? What sort of best practice on this area, Cathy? We've done a few things. And uh, uh, so we've done the uh, this is our big need and we do a big shout out from the, from the front of church. That tends to not work really well. Um, it's, it's efficient but ineffective is what I would say. Uh, but I think you can save it up now and again for some, for, for some big needs. And if you're not doing it too often, it, it can make an impact. Um, the other one we've done, I remember in the early days, we sent around a form and everyone could write down where they wanted to be involved and where their gifts were. And we collected them up and there's about 120 of them. But uh, at that point, we only had one or two staff and they're looking at this 120 sheets of paper and <laughs> it just didn't go very far besides the, bo the bottom drawer of somebody's <laughs> desk. And that was really bad because once people have told you what they are good at, 
and their story. They're expecting something back. Mm. And so that was really bad news. We want you to do children's <laughs> ministry. But I said I didn't want to do children's <laughs> ministry. <laughs> uh, we found the personal interviews the best uh, way so far. And there may be a more efficient way down the track that we need, but at the moment it's working really well. So we, we've so got a small us, team, but it does work. Tell us about that personal interview. What what would happen? I, I've yeah. put my hand up and I've, I, wa- I want to become a member of the, of the church. I'm sitting down with you to talk about ministry. What is, how does it go? Uh, so, so I might show a card that quickly displays in a picture form or in a written list all the different ministries that there are in church and the, the different kind of skills that people might be able to use in our church. But I'd ask the questions about how you've come to church, how are you finding church, how's your growth group, um, how did you become a Christian. Uh, these kind of questions help me get a sense of their maturity level, how things are going for them with church life, how settled they are. That's all important information. And then uh, looking down, they may spot something straight away that they want to be part of. They may just be interested in where are the needs. And I, I do a little bit of discussion about that, the high needs in church. And there's this kind of dance between where the high needs are and what I'm good at and may prefer to do. So you sort of talk around that and see what they're up for. There might be two or three things out of that that they would like to do. Um, so yeah. So troubleshoot. Where do the more difficult conversations have at that at that phase? You know, um, do you hear people's hurts about church? Uh, do you hear people's criticisms of, you know, their experience of church so far? How do you how do you handle those in those conversations? Um, to be honest, I think by and large they're positive. I, I think that people people like to feel that you're interested in them and want to know this about them and that you're taking time out to help them find a way into the core of church life. Mostly, if people have put up their hand to actually sit down and have an interview, they're actually almost there. They're actually um, already appreciative. So at that point, it's not been negative. It's more negative uh, further back in our pathway where maybe an initial contact there's a refusal to meet up and a, and a sort of why are you asking me to do ministry? My life is so busy. So I have to be very careful that that initial contact, which might be um, a phone conversation or an email, does give people uh, room to not feel too much pressure, that they have to be part of it, whilst at the same time wanting to just raise that conviction that we are made to be serving in our church body. Um, now, before we go to the toolbox, I just want to ask one more question. One more. One more, one more. <laughs> because how do you record all this? There's lots of information, lots of names. You know, if there's 120 people on the list, what's your system for actually, you know, gathering that, you know, that detail? Um, yeah, so we have, uh, we, we have in the end got a database, which has uh, been essential. The years where we didn't, where we didn't know who was serving in what ministry, were were crippling us so that was actually critical was to uh, know everyone's name have it written down somewhere and what they're involved with and whether they were involved and I guess we've devised a few sort of documents ourselves that now help us plan uh, where we are up to in a conversation with someone so we've had to yeah put some things together to keep to keep um, on top of it all and that's been helpful all right okay we've got to give Kathy a breather Scott, what's in the toolbox for us? What do you got? Three. 
things. Well, if Kathy's thoughts have got you thinking, then there's a bunch of other resources out there that are also worth considering as you go searching for ministry volunteers. So this is sort of top top of my list of must-have resources. The first is uh, the Building Leaders booklet that EV Church have produced. We're going to put uh, a link to that in the uh, podcast show notes, and I think it's uh, available on churchinabox.online as well. That's a great book to sort of press into some of these areas uh, and, to, and to really hear some of the thoughts of the EV ministry team. The second resource is uh, Building Leaders by Malfas and Mancini. There's a great chapter on recruiting volunteers in that. So uh, look up that book and uh, we'll provide a a link to that chapter as well on the show notes. And the last one, it's a podcast for for some good friends of mine, uh, Todd Atkins at Lifeway Leadership, the 5LQ podcast. We're just going to give you a few links to a couple of key podcasts that really press into this issue, issue as well. Sometimes I find it helpful to hear from someone outside our network. They use different language. Uh, they raise different questions and they're in a different culture. The American culture is a little bit different on this area. And so I think it's always helpful just to, you know, hear from someone else. Okay. Uh, we've got two questions just to kind of uh, pick Kathy's brain as we finish up here. Um, first of all, what are, are there any big issues you've had to think through in this area uh, and you've seen other people have to think through? Um, I think uh, I think the big one that I mentioned is how we build conviction in people uh, and so we've realised it can't just be us that talking about serving in church. It needs to be the whole ecosystem of church. So paying attention to that is very critical. And then the second thing is, yeah, as we're asking people to roles, we've got to think into not just the what, but the why and how, how this is part of what God is doing. And if we can nail that and, and articulate that clearly to people, then uh, that's really helpful for them in their ongoing serving of Jesus. Yeah, that's good. So what about the culture of the church? Um, as the as the church grows, you've got volunteers doing high-level roles. Staffing becomes more of an issue. How do you, how do you staff for this area? Yeah, that's helpful. Um, as as uh, Staffing changes because as more and more people come into roles and uh, we then find we can raise leaders to actually lead leaders, um, what staff do then then changes along with that. So to start with, staff are just doing the actual jobs, the coalface work. Um, they'll then raise teams and bring in volunteers if the ministry is doing its job well. Um, uh, but then they'll put people in place uh, of the role they used to have. And, and so if you like, they're, they're in, a, in a layer way above that. Managing people, managing leaders of leaders, managing volunteers. So that becomes, in many ways, their job description. So they've still got to give, keep a vision of what this area of ministry is trying to achieve and keep that filtering right down and keep training happening all the way down. But they're not doing all the work themselves. They're managing others to do the work. So that's a whole set of different skills and values. That's really helpful, Kathy. That brings us to the end of our show. So, Kathy, what's the one thing people should be taking away when it comes to recruiting volunteers? Uh, I think it's the... There's so many things. Um, it is... Nothing can beat sitting down with a person, personally, pastorally, talking to them about where they'd like to serve, how they'd like to serve and what that would look like for them and why. That's gold. Well, if you like what you've heard today, we would appreciate it if you take a moment just to rate the show on iTunes and even leave a comment. All righty, thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. Coming up in our next episode, we tackle the responsibility of handing out responsibilities. How do you delegate and not abdicate? Or as we like to think of it, how do you not dump and run? Until next time, I'm Scott Sanders. 
And I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon.